Hallelujah. My, we have already sung mighty messages glorifying God and giving Him worship and giving praise. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today and be with you again. Be back home with you as believers. Believers love to go to church. Amen. I thought about Sister Karen this morning as I got up. She would always say, I love going to church. Can't wait. Amen. One day we're going to a great service. Be the marriage supper of the Lamb. As I was away, I had a little dream. I dreamed I was coming home. and I saw somehow I could see Brother Ron Spencer was on his way home and about to turn in. I, I, I was doing everything I could to get back to the home, back to home. And I was singing the song, I'm longing for that glorious day when Jesus shall come back. I long to see his blessed face. We're going to sing this, that this morning as we long for home. And just good to see, look back there and see Sister Nancy Herring back in service again. God bless you. Amen. The Erskins are here this morning. God bless you. Hannah, so nice to have you today. Up there, Sister Amanda, Brother Glenn, Lesterfield. Each one of you, we're going home one day, and we're longing for that glorious day when Jesus shall come back. What a promise that is. Well, I'm longing for that glorious day when Jesus shall come back. Jesus Christ, my King, to come. 
Hallelujah. What a promise that is. Amen. Let's just talk to him a moment. Father, we're your children. Have been gathered in your name, Lord, today. There is no one else but you, Lord, that's worthy of praise and glory and honor. We stand here today as helpless mortals who can't do nothing in ourselves. Lord, we can write down thoughts on paper. We can turn about pages of your sacred book, the Bible. We can read, Lord, with the ability that you gave us. But Lord, it's going to take more than that for us to be an inspired speaker. Lord, it's going to take your anointing to anoint us. It is anointing that breaks the yoke of sin and unbelief off of us. I pray, Lord, you'll bless us in a special way today. Anoint this service, Lord, each one that is gathered, the visitors that are in our midst. Lord, may none walk out of here feeling a stranger, but feel like that they have been in the presence of God and his holy angels in the company of saints. I ask, Lord, you'll bless us now in a special way and ever need supply, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1, I want to just refresh your thoughts this morning on this scripture, and then we'll read from verse um, down to verse 3 and then over to uh, verse 21. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant betwixt me and thee and multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, and then verse 21, But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. This morning, I'm, as a, before we start our service, I wanted to make an announcement. Um, our brother George Winters is not here, and I'd hoped he would be, but he's out of town on a job, and, and for personal reasons, brother George has stepped down from the office of deacon. And today, I wanted just to express our thankfulness for his many years of service to our church and serving together with us. He's been a great friend. He's been a buddy, uh, a brother. And he and his wife, Sister Trish, are wonderful children of God, and they have a great, have a great family. And we want to, to express our appreciation for their giving to the Lord for these many years and the many sacrifices they have made. And they are, you know, wonderful giving people. And we've enjoyed their hospitality many times as a church group and a church body. And I want to just say... We really appreciate their years of service to the Lord, and, and so we're thankful to them. Uh, they, are, they're what, they are the kind of people that makes Evening Light Tabernacle a great church. Amen. So we want to say we appreciate them and their ministry and their service to the Lord and to us for these many years. As you know, Brother Timothy and I have just returned from Canada where we went to minister to the family of Brother Harold Hildebrandt and his church, the End Time Message Tabernacle. He had um, just turned 80 years old, and, and they had a celebration 
for birthday celebration for him on the 1st of April. I was asked to come to that and was unable to go because my grandson Luke was getting married and that same weekend, so I wasn't able to go and be with them during that time. So, uh, you know, he had suffered from Parkinson's disease for the last 15 years and uh, actually had not ministered in the church for over five years. And Brother Harold was a great pioneer of the message. He had traveled and done extensive work in Africa. Some of those trips I would make with him. Uh, you know, he would preach conventions throughout the United States and uh, traveled to many different foreign lands. Uh, too many to name. Uh, he's really did a great pioneer work. And he leaves uh, behind his wife, Sister Leanne, their two children, Melody and Joel, and his married daughters, Sister Wendy and Sister Debbie, and their husbands and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and, and a wonderful church. And Brother Ed Hammermeister there has been the associate minister for a good number of years and is uh, trying to pick up and go forward now as, um, as uh, things as, as, uh, as our brother has departed and left the, the church there. While I was there, I also saw Brother Menno Friesen. Um, he's a pastor in Saskatoon, in Saskatchewan, Canada. He was uh, one of the original group of singers called The Believers. How many remembers The Believers, the group called The Believers, way back yonder many, many years ago? And, um, you know, so he was a part of that group. He pastors a church um, there in Saskatoon. And he, uh, he too, is uh, turning 80. And he has uh, plans of stepping down from being pastor there. Just led the church through a, a building project of a, of a new church. And then there at Brother Harold's uh, memorial service, um, Brother Ivan Carr came from uh, New Brunswick. Some of you might remember um, one time during our Labor Day meetings many years ago that he surprised us with a visit and spoke to us in one of those services. And um, uh, he, he was there in the meeting with um, his uh, son-in-law, Brother Carmen Mills, and he, he, Brother Carmen and his wife was with us in Israel as well. And Brother Ivan is a spry 92-year-old. And he still preaches regularly at his church, I understand, twice a week. And, uh, you know, immediately after I seen him and, and how spry and bright he was, I aspired to be like him. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, right after seeing him there, and we had a time of talking together, and, and, um, and he went home, and his wife... Uh, of 70 years, just suddenly passed away, and they buried her last Sunday. And then, you know, Brother Timothy and I went through the mountains over Banff and Jasper into the Rockies and had a wonderful week together, and we drove into British Columbia, where Brother Biscoe and his church were celebrating a great milestone of 50 years from the Bible Way House to the Log Church to their present location, and I believe it's been 169 times over the last 50 years that Brother Biscoe has went overseas, taken the message. He hazarded his life behind the Iron Curtain, risk, risk his own safety, and, and, um, 
uh, and skirted prison terms and getting arrested in China and preaching conventions um, everywhere, literally around the world, and, and, and with a great burden to take the message. Some of you will remember him many years ago, back in the uh, late 60s and, and early 70s, uh, on WWL, uh, the, um, of the Bible Believers broadcast, and him playing a clip of Brother Branham on there, and, and uh, ending it, you know, yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is the same. And, uh, you know, it's just, um, uh, he's done a, a great, great work. And um, the Lord has used him in a mighty, mighty way. And I was privileged to go and minister to them during this special time and to be a part of this celebration. And uh, Brother Biscoe and I spent some private, very private times together and shared some special moments. He's now 87, will be 88 this year. Uh, in October, he's been a gallant soldier of the cross, a great general in the service of the Lord. And, and uh, I, I just wanted to just show you just a couple of little pictures real quick of uh, some of the, uh, some of the uh, scenes there, the ministry that was there. We had Brother David Mayer um, that is standing there by Brother Biscoe. He's from France and Switzerland and host the meetings in Switzerland that I have went to and different others and went. Brother Timothy has ministered there as well, not in the conventions, but in France and where he pastors a church. And Brother David would open the first service. And then, of course, um, there would be Brother Ron Spencer was there. He would preach Saturday night, and we would have a prayer line. And then there would be uh, Brother Timothy uh, who would minister also, I tell you, did a tremendous job. It was uh, such, a, such a tremendous message. I, I, as I listened to him, I said, well, you know, he's not leaving us nothing to preach. He's going to climax this meeting. And uh, it was a real blessing. How many, how many has heard the, all of those services? Let me just see your hands. Well, a good number of you or a few of you have. And, and so, you know, um, so we, uh, we also... Uh, you see there, of course, Brother Biscoe standing between Brother Ron and Brother uh, David Mayer. And over to the, the far right is Brother Tom Ray, his son Michael Ray. And, and uh, my, we saw such a great growth in the ministry of Brother Michael Ray and, and moving forward. And just saw a wonderful atmosphere of the Holy Ghost that was just poured out. It was just a tremendous time. Um, some would say it was the best services they'd ever been in their life. And that's saying a lot. We've been in a lot. But, of course, it's the freshest on our mind as well. So, you know, but anyway, it was a tremendous time that we had together. And, you know, I think about the service our brother Biscoll has made. And, and uh, he's now not been able to minister in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, he had open heart surgery and... and um, uh, he had COVID and different setbacks and things like that. But I thought, you know, a man who has hazarded his life for the gospel of Christ and been a great general, a leader. And I thought about Brother Hildebrand and him passing on, Brother Minnow sitting down, Brother, um, Brother Ivan Carr and, and whatever. And I, I thought, you know, here we are perhaps at the changing of the guard. You know, we're at a junction time. And yet, you know, we must go forward. We must carry this message forward. 
It ought to be to the zeal of every heart to burn in our hearts. You know, and I, I know what it is to spend weeks away from home. I hadn't went away 169 different trips like Brother Biscoll. And let me just say about that while I'm there. He didn't go there to build a kingdom. He didn't go there to pass out his tapes. He didn't go there to, to promote his ministry. He gave them the, the voice of the seventh angel. And, and put libraries of tapes and books in their hands and, and, and supported translations. And they're still doing that with Bible believers, still doing a great work. And, um, you know, so uh, again, you know, 169 times, that's almost unfathomable of how many times to travel across, and leave your family, leave your home, and weeks away and missing birthdays and anniversaries and and, uh, you know, the church sacrificing him to go and, and on and on and on. There's just a, a lot of giving that has went on. And I, I kind of know what it is to spend weeks away from home. I, I've been there several times to New Zealand preaching conventions of Fiji Islands and preaching in underground churches in China. Many ministering in different places with meetings there and going many times preaching in and conventions in Germany and Holland and Switzerland, Norway, down in France and Serbia, on down into Poland and to the interior of Mexico and South America, or South Africa, I mean, and Uganda, uh, Kenya, Tanzania, Nigeria, Cameroon, Trinidad, and conventions in the U.S. and Canada, and numerous trips across into Ontario and Saskatchewan and New Brunswick and Newfoundland and Yukon and, and British Columbia, and many places in the United States. And then some people wonder, well, where are the missionaries in our church? Well, I'll just tell you, you know, you can look around and see behind me is Brother Timothy. As a young preacher went down to South America to Guyana, going over down into and floating down the Amazon River, endangering his life, you know, there and, and um, uh, coming, coming into many, many hazards, sleeping out on the ground and in churches on benches and, and preaching in stilt churches where um, the churches are built on stilts because the water coming up in under them, people coming into church in the canoes and different ways, and then going into um, China and to Japan and South Africa and Poland, Czech Republic and Romania and Switzerland, and Brother Joe here going into Trinidad and Africa and returning home just now from the Newfoundland. And uh, now he and Brother Aaron going full-time in the, into the ministry. And you ask, where are the missionaries in this church? I want to just know we are part of a great voice. Amen. 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 It, you know, it's not one person that has done it. But give me another one, uh, another picture as we just show. But, you know, here's Brother and Sister Biscoll. Now they're, they're celebrating 68 years of marriage. And what a, what a tribute they have been to the bride of Christ and, and honorable people that has carried the word of God and, and carried it with dignity and bringing forth not their own ideas, but the, the, the revelation brought by the messenger. Are you with me? Amen. And, and these men have, have carried the message. Sister Ruth's going with him many times. And there's Brother Ron who is still going. In fact, I've had to say to him, 
you know, this, this year, because he's got one meeting planned after another meeting, after another meeting, after another meeting, I just talked to him yesterday and said, how are you going to keep doing this? You know, you're, you're expending your energy and your time. He's putting everything into it, and yet with four-stage cancer. And it's because that he's a voice in this end time. And he's part of the prophecy of what God is doing in this last day. Amen. And then Brother Biscoll sitting there, as you see, um, you know, and then myself. Here we, we're, just, uh, we're just all small pebbles on the beach. You know, God gave the word, but great was the company of those who published it. And I want you to remember as a church body that you are part of a voice. I think as I, I, I believe it was five or six new sermons of Brother Branham's that we just translated, got paid for translation into Japanese. And, and so this month, we got that many more on the hub and we're pushing close to over 200 where there wasn't any there on the, uh, in the, the messages in Japanese. But, but, but because it, God orchestrated a moment and Brother Timothy and Brother Craig and then Danny Domondo and these brothers would meet with these translators right at the 11th hour, right, at, right as they were leaving for the airport and meet with these, this man and his wife and the, the message become real to them and she, become, she is a, she's a professional translator into the Japanese language and now we've got messages there for the Japanese people to hear. We're still doing mission work. Japan is closed right now. Visitors can't get in. But the message still gets in. And, and, and they hear the sermons that we preach right here at this pulpit and, and getting the sermons we're translating of the prophet of God. And, 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 and so, you know, again, we're still working. Even though that things are changing, and, and as it changes, there just becomes a more of a burden on our own shoulders and a greater responsibility to carry this message that has been committed to us in this day. And so, I, as that, I wanted to read a scripture this morning there as we look at us being a great voice. I'm going to entitle this Abraham's Voice. And I'm going to look at Revelation chapter 19 and verse 1, where we will read from for another scripture reading, and then I have one from Colossians, and then we'll just see how the Lord will lead us as to how far we get into this today. After these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgment. He hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Hallelujah, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as a voice of many waters, and as a voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. 
Let us be glad and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, Write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, These are the true sayings of God. Then I'd like you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 12 for this scripture reading. Given thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saint in light, who delivered us, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. How many have been delivered from the power of darkness? And has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You know how that happens. Amen. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So our kingdom, the kingdom of God, comes by the Holy Ghost. And he says, and, and whom we have redemption to his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the in, image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. And for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So now as we are looking at this, I wanted to look at verse 18 one more time where he says that in all things he might have preeminence. Now God had a threefold purpose and a threefold plan of what he would do to bring about Um, the transition of us from this life of sin back to Eden again. And that is the longing in our heart. Like I sang that song, we're longing for Jesus to come back. Listen, all our efforts, everything that we've done, you know, all amounts to really nothing unless Jesus comes back. We're looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus and, and so his purpose when he came 2,000 years ago was to first reveal himself in Christ. God so loved fatherhood that he wanted a family. And so he created a man. But when man sinned, that we know rather than discarding the human race, he became one of us to save us and to redeem us. So he would come to reveal himself in Christ. And of course, he had been revealing himself down to the ages. He would actually reveal himself in Adam and and, and Abel. When Abel would bring a lamb, that was the revelation of Christ. When when Enoch would walk by faith and and be translated, that was the revelation of Christ. When, when, um, when Noah would build an ark and, and save his household, that was a revelation of Christ. That was Christ, the mystery of God that was being hid in those men and women down through the ages and down through time. 
and told that when we look at the Bible, we can now look back and we can see that Jesus is the principal theme of the entire Bible. And that if you read the Bible and you don't see Christ in every verse of it, that you should go back and read it again because you have missed it. You see, you, you missed the, the real context of what God was doing. That it was more than a story, but there was a voice that was being spoke. And it was the voice of God and it was his omnipotence and his power that was being shown. And, and uh, as they're seen in Revelation 19, all of, all of them thundering out, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And, and for time, it was a thunder. It was a noise, and we didn't know what it meant. They were just stories in the Bible. But they're more than stories to us today. And because why? God has revealed to us the context. Not just, not just reading the history and the Bible, but we see more than just a, a story in the Bible. We see what, that God was doing something, and he was reflecting something, and he was foreshadowing and speaking out of their lives in such a way that, um, that now those words that would be spoken them would one day be manifested in Christ. You see, it was more than just a story of an old man given the ultimate sacrifice of a child and, and this child, 16 years old, Isaac, the promised son. And, oh, what a test of faith. It was more than that. It was more than just a story of how nice it was that Abraham believed God and would even believe he would raise him up from the dead. But, you know, it was more than that. He was actually foreshadowing. He was a voice that was speaking out. And he was prophesying of the coming Messiah. And, and he was telling that, oh, he would, one day God would bring his son upon that very same hill. And there he would offer his son. Come on, church. Amen. And because here God would provide a sacrifice, he would show himself Jehovah Jireh. And he would show himself in his omnipotence by creating a ram. By Abraham's words, because Abraham's words became life, and they spoke out of him, God will provide a sacrifice, and a lamb, a ram is found there, tangled there, in the, they're waiting to be the sacrifice, because a man became God's voice. Now, as we think of that, you know, when you look now and we see now what was in Abraham, we see it's more than that. That ram was more. It was more than a, a ram that was spoke, but God would speak a son into existence. The word would become flesh. And that word then would be provided for a sacrifice. Now we look and we can see it was a voice. It was the voice of God that was speaking out through Abraham's life. Yes. Now, looking at that, when we go back and we look at Christ, we can see him now from all the way from Genesis to Revelation. We can see him from the beginning in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. How did he do that? By the word. Who was the word? That was Christ. 
before he became Jesus, before he took on flesh. Somebody help me. Amen. So from the very beginning, it was God created the heavens and the earth. All the way that to the amen and revelation. It is every word testifying of Jesus Christ. Now, God as the groom was fully revealed in Christ. Insomuch that the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt in him. In other words, the fullness of all the scriptures... You see, Jesus would say, search the scriptures. Then he would say to the denominational people of that day, the Pharisees, he said, in them you think you have eternal life, but they are testifying. They're everyone pointing to me. They're all testifying of who I am. Whether you're reading in the beginning God, whether you're reading about Noah, whether you're reading about uh, Elijah, no matter whether you're reading, whatever you're reading about, it's all testifying of me, Jesus said. Amen. I, 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 I am the interpretation. Now we see the bigger picture than that of Abraham. Amen. We see, we see more than just a man called out of the Chaldeans and he, he's a nice man and God calls him and he raises him up a family and they become the Jewish people. And oh, oh, that's a great story of the Jewish race and we got a Bible out of that and so now we're, we're, we all believe the Bible. It's more than that. But God was speaking in that day, in that hour. Now, as we're looking at this, Remember, he would say to those Pharisees, you think you have eternal life in there, but they're testifying of me. Everyone are speaking and pointing to me. You see, the scriptures bear witness and bear record of me, and I'm bearing records of them. So therefore, if I don't do the works that is promised I would do, then don't believe me. But if I do the works, if if I show the omnipotence, Amen. If I show you the omnipotence that was shown when Abraham spoke a lamb. If I show you the omnipotence, amen, when when he believed God and a baby was formed in a 90-year-old woman, that took omnipotent power. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. So there again, he said, if you don't believe me, believe the omnipotence. Believe the works. Believe it when you see the blind eye open. When you see the crippled walk. When you see the deaf here, when you see the word proclaimed, believe it. Because I am what they were manifesting. Now all encapsulated in one body called Jesus. The word testify me. You see, that was Christ and Abraham. It was Christ and Moses. It was Christ and the prophets. It was a hidden power that was in Samson. Come on. It's more than a story of a, of, of a little shrimp there that, you know, that somehow or another could tear down walls and rip apart lions and, and could carry the heavy gates and do the great things that he did or kill thousands of Philistines. It's more than that, there was a hidden power. And who was that omnipotence that was in him? You see, he was given voice to the Christ that was coming. Now, whether it was in the Psalms of David, 
or the wisdom of Solomon. In other words, he was the fullness of the law and the prophets all in one body. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Think of that. Before Abraham was, I am. I was there. That was me there. Before he came, I was there. Amen. And while he was there, I was there. It was me. It was me in the burning bush with Moses. It was me there calling him out, calling Abram out of Chaldea. It was me there teaching him how to sacrifice. It was me there standing as El Shaddai, the Almighty, that could change Sarah on an old woman and make her young again and able to bear a child. Somebody help me preach now. Now, you see, Jesus proved he was the Word. He was the Word in Abraham. He was the Word in Moses. He was the Word in the prophets. And on Easter morning when he arose triumphant, he showed he was not on the mechanics but the dynamics of it. Amen. Amen. He, he didn't just have a claim, but the power was there to prove that he was the, he was the resurrection life. Amen. He showed his omnipotence. He raised from the dead. He triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. Are you with me? Amen. You see, that dynamic power was the power that translated Enoch. It was the power that destroyed Noah's world. Amen. It was the dynamic power that got a hold of David's sling and took a measly stone and turned it into a bullet that was the speed of a thousand miles per second and hit a giant right between the eyes. Amen. That was Christ. It was the dynamics. And it made the body of Jesus Christ that was cold and stiff and dead in the tomb shake to life again and rise and rolling away the stone. You see, he not only, he not only was the mechanics of God's word, but he was the dynamics to prove it. Are you with me now? But you see, if we just leave it in Christ, we, we are just, we are missing a great part of it. Because God has a body on the earth. His body called Jesus is in the heavens. And one day he will come in the place expanded to redeem us and we'll meet him in the air. Is that right? But right now he has a body on the earth. And I want you to know this bright body is a body that is the fullness of the Godhead. All the scriptures encapsulated in a people called the bride. It's not working in just one person. Are you with me? Amen. It's not just in one man. You see, Jesus said, I gotta go away. If I don't go, the comforter can't come. And if the comforter can't come, well, I, you know, I can only go to this place and go to that place and, and touch this one and touch that one and open that blind eye. But if I come again, I'm gonna come in another form. Amen. I'm not going to return yet in my physical body. I'm going away. I'll do my intercession work, but I'm going to have a body on earth. And that body will be a people. That body will be a bride. And he didn't just feel one with the spirit of Jesus on the day of Pentecost. He filled 120 with the spirit of Jesus. I'm talking about the same dynamic power that was in Jesus Christ came in 120 and after that uh, 
3,000 more and then more and then more and then more under you today and you and you and you. That same omnipotent power at work, that same Holy Ghost, not a different spirit, the same Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, so therefore, our challenge anymore is not just go back and see Christ in every, in every part of the scripture, but to see the bride in every part. You see, because, you know, the groom coming is yet in the future. He came 2,000 years ago. He won't come to the earth until after the, after, or just before the millennium, after the, the, the wedding supper. He won't come to earth. We meet him in the air. So the only way he's going to be here physically is in a corporal body called the bride. And he's the same in every detail except that corporal body. You see, it doesn't look like Jesus. It don't have the stature of Jesus. Amen. It's a different kind of a man. Amen. But it's the same Jesus in bride form. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you realize people are talking about the revealing of the Son of Man? And certainly the Son of Man was revealed. The Word was made known by the prophet of Malachi 4. But do you realize you, for the last 56 years since the prophet had been gone, have been revealing the Son of Man? The Word, the same Word is being revealed where? In bright form. This is what Brother Brandon would say, God, God in, in the heavens, God in Christ, and now God in his people. Now, so to have the preeminence in the people, notice now, here, what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing in this scripture like this, where he's saying this, where where, um, where this voice is coming out and is saying hallelujah. Look at verse 6 of chapter 19. And there, there's a voice of mighty thunderings and the voice of many waters. And Brother Branham would tell us that voice, the voice of God is not one voice. Come on. Amen. The voice of God is one of many waters. It's one voice, but of many waters. And those waters are multitude, thickness, and, and, and people. Are you with me? That makes you a voice. I, I want you to understand. The world may not understand the voice. Because to them it's only a thunder. It's only a noise. They think, oh, that peculiar bunch of people. Those fanatical bunch that get up and shout and rejoice in the word and the truth and, and that sings the song of Zion and will dance out in the aisle. Those people, you know, they, that's just a noise. And it's just a noise to them. Amen. Come on. When Jesus was going to Calvary, didn't he go down and it thundered from the heaven? Amen. Some heard a thunder. The other said an angel spoke and Jesus knew what it said. Come on, church. There ought to be a people today that is realizing what the word has said about us. It's not just a noise. 
is not just a clap of thunder. Amen. The world may hear it and they say, that's just noise to me. That don't make any sense. I don't understand them women with their long hair and their dresses. I don't understand those men and their clean look. I don't understand why they're the way they are, but they're a voice. And some only hear it as a thunder. And when, when many, well, even the Jewish people, when they... When they read the scripture about Abraham, they don't see Christ in there. They don't see a type and a shadow. They don't see a projection or a prophecy. Oh, they see that's our father Abraham, and they take it literally. But we can look at it and see it was speaking prophetically. So to them, it's still a thunder. It's still a noise. And it will still be a noise and just a thunder until their prophets come. And then it will be a voice. And they'll see the Messiah. And say, oh, that's the one David talked about. That was the wisdom of Solomon. That was there in Abel's lamb. That was the one down through. They will see it just like you see it today. Hallelujah. And then they will see it. We are the elected Jews, the 144,000. Amen. They're our counterpart right now. That's what's been revealed to you by this message. It broke the thunder off the scripture. It opened up the voice of God to you. Where it's not just a noise, a nice thunder, you know, a nice something to put you to sleep at night when you go through that. It's God speaking. Abraham's got a voice. And that voice is now being lived out in a people. A people who's meeting El Shaddai just like he did. Because this is typing the Holy Ghost. And this is typing where a believer comes and, and he nurses from the breast of El Shaddai and receives his strength. Are you with me? Amen. So again, all the scripture as a noise of great thundering. Go back and put verse 6 up again. Heard the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thunderings. And they're all saying one thing. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. To reign he has to have preeminence. The Lord God is preeminent. He has found the people. Amen. Abraham could say, I didn't fully reflect him. You can look at your life and you can see parts where you didn't reflect him. But oh, when you come to the new covenant, to the next New Testament, and you cross through the blood of the cross, amen, you hear a whole different story. Amen. The voice of Abraham's mistakes and his failures are all gone. And the only voice you hear is Abraham. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in the faith. It doesn't show him laughing. It doesn't show him wondering. It doesn't show him going down to Egypt. It doesn't show him, you know, in his failures. It don't show him lying. It shows him what victorious. Because that was the only voice God was going to receive. That's my voice. And God credited him for speaking his voice. 
I heard the great voice of a great multitude, the voice of many waters, the voice of mighty thunderings. Enoch's voice is in there. I was the seventh from Adam. I walked with God. But do you know there was some years I didn't, I didn't walk with him. You know that's the history. But when it's written in the book of Hebrews, it's not mentioned. It doesn't mention the, the years that he didn't walk with God. Amen. The 65 years the Bible said he walked. He, he, he lived for, for um, 365 years. I think of that, a day, a day of the year, is, or a year's day is 365. He walked with God a year's worth. He walked with God 365 years, or he lived for 365 years. But he, 65 of it, he didn't walk with God. He walked with God 300 years. You see, no matter who we are, we have our past. We have our mistakes. Great men. We've shown great men here on, the, on the, the, the projector here today. Great men among us, but they've made their mistakes. I've made my mistakes. You make your mistakes. Amen. But when it all come around, it didn't say, I remember his mistake and that, that those years that he didn't walk with God. I see by faith. Enoch was translated that he would not see death. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because, because he walked with God and was not. It never talks about the years he didn't walk with God. It talked about only the years he walked with God. Because that was God's voice. Now, I hear it is the voice of mighty thunderings. There's many things in the Bible that are still just thunders to many people. It's a book that is full of mysteries. It's still a sealed book. It's closed. And they go and read it, and it's closed. So with the Jews, their eyes are blinded. It's a closed book. They hear the noise of it, but they don't see the purpose. They don't hear the voice. You see, but I want you to get it that in every one of these, it was where God reigned. When God reigned in Abraham's life, when he gave the word preeminence, over his thoughts, over his body weakness, over the deadness of Sarah's womb. He had to give the word preeminence. Now, you know, a lot of times people listen to Christ, the mystery of God revealed, and they think, oh, you know, when the church gives him preeminence. Let me just say to you, every person who's ever been filled with the Holy Ghost to get it, you had to give the word preeminence. He had to be first. Everything else, you know, it's a marriage contract. And everybody else is out of the picture. No other lovers. No other person. Nobody between you and me. 
Everyone with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you got it when you gave him preeminence. When you said, Lord, take over the leadership. I can't lead no more. When you said, Lord, I can't handle this habit. I've tried to give it up over and over, but you come. You come and take it. Oh, I give you preeminence. I put it in your hands. Amen. So again, you see in all of it that he might have the preeminence. You see, Jesus is the principal theme of the Bible, but now you become the principal theme of the Bible. You see, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. How many believes that? Let me ask you again, so that everybody's participating from the front to the back. You know, how many believes that, that, that Christ is the mystery of God revealed? Raise your hands. You believe that? Amen. Now then, let's go a little further, but don't leave it there. Because the bride is the mystery of Christ revealed. Amen. You are the mystery. Hallelujah. You are the mystery. You say, these mysteries, Brother Tim, this mystery of this, mystery of that, mystery of this. You are the mystery. Those aren't the mystery. You're the mystery. The mystery was God had foreordained the people. God was calling a church. God was pulling a people out for his namesake. What is the mystery about the Bible Way House? Why would they have to leave the denominations and their homes there and everything else and start a little place and a little, uh, a little house and little meetings there in the Bible Way House? How come it would happen with us in little home meetings and then and an old run-down church with broken window panes? How, how come it would be is because there was a something in our hearts just like the Jews that said, we've been in the Holocaust, but we'll never do that again. We'll never be in a place where our children are, are cremated and are old or, or killed and, and are, are, are well or made slaves. We'll never be that again. We'll never stand for, to be annihilated again. We want a homeland. And there was something in the hearts of men and women that was saying, you know, we had homes in Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal for years and years. My daddy was there, my granddaddy, my great-granddaddy. He was a charter member and on and on and on. We were there and we, were, we thought this was our home. It wasn't our home. All of a sudden, it's turned into Holocaust. It's turned there into places where, where souls of men and women were withered and dying. Where the young people look at the churches today. They're literally holocaust. Where are their young people? Every one of them will cry to you, we don't have no young people. Our young people are gone. Why is it? Because they have turned them into death camps. Amen. They cremate them and burn them with fire and they die, 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 die. The spirit has been gone for years, years, years. But why was there a Bible way house? Why was there an evening like tabernacle? Why did we go into a dimly lit place? Why did we leave our homes out there and go there? Because we wanted a homeland where the Bible is preached. 
We wanted a homeland where our souls could be fed, where our young people could have an experience with God and be changed. We wanted something that was real. And we'd do whatever it would take. Hallelujah. And just as Jews are right now being gathered out of Ukraine and taken back and having their aliyah in, the, in Israel, let me tell you right now, there's a bride around the world and there's a stir going on. There's a spiritual war that's been taking place. And because of the war, what is it? It's uprooting people. I want a homeland. I've got to get to safety. I've got to get to Christ. I must find Jesus. That's why your prodigals are coming home. Because there's a stir in the hearts. God calling the last ones back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God, as a groom, would fully reveal himself in Christ. And now he would reveal himself in bride's form. So his desire and his plan was to have the preeminence in his body of believers, that is his bride, that he might live in his people. You see, God wanted a people he could live in that he could go to church in. This tabernacle isn't the dwelling place of living God, this building. You're the tabernacle of living God. Amen. And Jesus brought you to church this morning. You didn't even bring yourself. Jesus brought you to church. Hallelujah. Because it's his custom, it's the custom of Jesus to go to the house of God and worship Is that right? And it rose up within you. You might have said, I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm this, I'm that. You know, Brother Tim will be back. He'll preach a long time. I don't know if I can take it all. And something rose up in you. I got to go. And you're here. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And what is it? It's that Jesus worshiping God out of you. Because he's going to have preeminence in his body of believers, that is his bride, that he might live in his people. Having first to reveal himself in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then to bring that fullness of the Godhead bodily into a people. Now, Brother Branham's telling us exactly what God's doing. I am bringing the fullness of the Godhead bodily now into a people. So all the word of the entire Bible is going to be heaped up into a bride people. This is why she's a word bride. Because she's the word of, 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 of the seed in Genesis. She's the word of, the, of, the, of Abel. She is the word of Noah. She is the word of Enoch. She is the word of Abraham. She is the word of all Peter, James, John, Paul, you name it, Mary Magdalene. Come on. Amen. That was speaking of you. Hallelujah. When Mary would, would kneel down there and there be, and, and was being going to be beaten with stones, caught in the act of adultery. 
Are you with me? Amen. And he would look and he says, he said, the one who, has, who, 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 who is without sin, you cast the first stone. Are you with me? Amen. And here was a woman now. She would have seven devils cast out of her. Do you know you're that woman? All the demon of the seven ages had tried to possess you with every bit of the, come on church, with every bit of the false doctrines, antichrist teachings, immorality and sin. Amen, heaped up into a people. Amen, and the one who could have judged us and was the judge did not judge us. But said, neither do I condemn you. Go and disbelieve no more. Hallelujah. You're that woman. You are that woman. You are that Ruth. You are that, come on church. You are that people. You are that Esther. God expressed in Jesus Christ, who was both Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now the complete fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in his church, the preeminence. All that God was, he poured into Christ. And all that Christ was, was poured into the church, the believers. Amen. And if he, as he says in Rising of the Sun, and he being the groom, the bride has to come forth because it's part of him. Do you realize for a moment, you know, he's not complete without you. He cannot abandon the project. He cannot come in this day and send a messenger, heal the sick, open the eyes of the blind, make the deaf to hear, raise the dead, perform miracles, and then turn around, bring a message, and then give up. I'm through. I, I, I can't do it. She's him. I'll tell you what, she's so much him that he already paid redemption price for you. Your slave debt has already been canceled. You're not a slave anymore. You're no slave to sin. You're no slave to denominational dogma. You're no slave to the world. Come on. You don't have to listen to Jubilee trumpet is sounded. And you don't have to hoe anymore. I would say to you today, break up that hoe. You don't have to go back to it. Oh, you say, well, I've wrestled with this hoe. So, you know, there's some pornography spirit. Break it into pieces. Amen. Say, I'm not going back. I won't go back. It is not me. That's not who I am. I will not give voice to that. I'll give voice to the word of God. I'll give voice like Abraham did to the right things, to righteousness. Are you with me? Amen. He said the bride has to come forth because it's part of him. And it can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all the revelations any other spoke of the bride. So the bride can only be the fulfilling of all the other revelations that spoke of her. 
Just like Jesus could only be, to be the Messiah, to be the Christ, to be the Word, he would have to be the Word that was in Abraham. He would have to be the words of the prophets. He would have to be the words of the law. He would have to be the words of the Psalms. He would have to be the wisdom of Solomon. I'm bringing it on down. Amen. And it, to, for, to be the bride, you can only be the fulfilling of all and any revelations that spoke of the bride. Hallelujah. Why well, he showed a seed was coming in the beginning that was a serpent bruiser. And you think you're going to leave out of here defeated? No, sir. You are that serpent bruiser. You are that devil defeater. You are the one called for this thing. Amen. That there is no weapon that is formed against you that can prosper. Hallelujah. That he has declared that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Oh, heaven stands behind you. Your sons and daughters are the most high God. And you are the fulfilling of all the revelations of any others that spoke of the bride. The groom spoke of you coming. The works that I do shall you do also. Sure, that included Brother Branham, but not all. That includes you. You're to do the works of Christ. Amen. She is flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power. She's him. It can only manifest if it does something different from the groom. It isn't the bride. Amen. Go back and read your Bible again. It's prophesying of you. It was the voice. You are the interpretation. It was the thunder. You are the revelation. As a woman and a man are one, the woman taken from his side, she had a spirit, a feminine spirit from him. The flesh was from his side, was both mechanics and dynamics. The wife, the spirit of him, the flesh of him put together and made the mechanics and the dynamics. So this great voice, the voice of Abraham is crying out, hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotence reigneth. He's revealing himself as almighty God. When he comes to you in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's what he's showing to you. He is almighty God. He is God over every situation. He is Lord over all. He is Lord over every sin. He is Lord over every habit. He's Lord over every disease, every affliction. He is Lord. Now, you see... In all of the cases, it was where they gave him preeminence that he reigned. And when he reigned, he reigned in omnipotence. That's the way the Holy Ghost comes into you, to reign in omnipotence, in all power. I am the almighty God. You're going to take into you the life of almighty God. Now, this is, of course, particularly true in Jesus Christ where the fullness of the God was made made known because in Christ the secret of the mystery of God, the power of God in Moses, David, or Elijah was made known and manifested. 
He was the Christ, the anointed man that was anointed with the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Where Moses partly had him and where that David had him. And, but in Christ Jesus, he was manifested in the fullness. Deity standing on the earth. God in his fullness to die for the sins of the people that he might bring to his church a sanctified life. That he might have preeminence and fullness in his church to manifest every promise in these days that he promised for the last days. So you see, a people given Christ preeminence. As I said, it was the Lord reigning in power through David. When he reigned through Samson, when he reigned through Sarah, when he reigned through Rebecca, through Ruth. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit there empowering. It's the Holy Spirit living. It's speaking out of these lives. But in today, you are the voice. Thousands of years ago, Abraham was the voice. But now you are the voice. You remember John standing there and he would say, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. John was not the one crying in the wilderness. You say, Brother Tim, he was preaching in the wilderness. He was not the one crying in the wilderness. The one crying in the wilderness was Jehovah God. He was looking for a people. Somebody help me preach. Amen. And he was the one that was crying out. And John was his voice. He said, I'm the voice of this one crying. Do you know what we had in this day? The Lord descended from heaven with a shout. What was that? It was the shout. Let me me tell you, Brother Branham was not the shout. He was the voice. Amen. That carried that word. He spoke what God said. He was the voice of the one crying. And he wasn't, let me tell you this way, he was in the wilderness. He was not out there in denominations. He was out there away from from any sect of man, an idea of man. Come on, church. Amen. He left all of that behind and he became the voice of that one crying in the wilderness. Amen. I'm making a pathway for my God. Hallelujah. Now, John did it 2,000 years ago. But Brother Branham told us his purpose and my mission is to forerun the coming word, which is Christ. He said, my job is to forerun, amen, the, the bride of Jesus Christ. Because Christ is coming in this generation. He is here today. But he's not in the meeting in the air. He's not in the man called Jesus. He's here in a bride body. So the Lord reigned in power through David, Samson, Sarah, through Rebecca, through Ruth. When I was there, this, this prophecy just struck me. It was a prophecy of Danny Henry. That, and, I, and I spoke on this in Cloverdale where the Holy Spirit fell upon a young Baptist boy who didn't know a word of French. He'd never spoken in other tongues. And the Holy Spirit has fell upon him. It was February the 11th, 1961. 
And, and brother, brother, brother Branham, you know, tells about and gives the, the word of prophecy. And we'll get to it in a moment. And I, I just, sometimes, you know, you look at something like this. And we view it as just history. Well, that happened in 1961. That was, that was a wonderful moment, a wonderful time. Why can't it happen now? Hello. If Christ is still the same, why can't it happen now? Amen. I, I just want to say it can. Amen. It can. I, I just, I, I'm just going to read you a couple that were, were given personally to me here the other day. Brother Branham would share what was given personally to him. Let me give something personal to me. As Brother Busbosi would write me, he said, just so you know, your faith inspires thousands of believers around the world, including us. You've done so much damage to the kingdom of darkness through your ministry. You're one of God's generals of our time that, that the devil is so obsessed at trying to pull down through whatever way he thinks he can. Poor devil, he can't. We are the unstoppable bride. And as he, as he speaks this, he begins to prophesy, your sacrifice toward my sheep is what has moved me. Here you are yielding yourself like never before to face what you have never faced. But I am the Lord that keeps my promises. I fail not. I am the Lord. A series of victories is going to be. It's meant to be for my name's glory. Only be thou of good cheer. To not, to not are the words of the wicked one. No one can stand against me. I speak and my words are life. For I have done this, saith the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Again, in July in 21, he said, through your ministry, I'm raising a generation of young people. You think about you young people, you've been prophesied about. A generation of young people that will stand with my word without fear or favor of man. I believe we're raising that kind of crop of young people here today. Young men and young women that will not give voice to the world. They will not give voice to Hollywood. They'll not give voice to the trendy ways of the world. They will not give, come somebody with me. They will not give voice to a feminine spirit and Sodom and Gomorrah. They're going to give voice to the world. What's a person do when he puts on his clothes, you know, of a, uh, of LSU, he has, he has given voice that I am a fan of LSU. I am a supporter of that team. Do you realize your clothes and the way you dress and the way you conduct yourself is a voice? And there are millions out there giving voice. What do you think this purple hair and this pink stuff is coming out and weird looks and, and nose rings and tattoos? They are giving voice. Amen. What do you think? What do you think is happening there with the, with these these people uh, cutting themselves? They're giving voice to a spirit. But I believe there's a be young people in this day that's going to give a voice to God. They got a, They are a voice to the Word of God. They're a testimony of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, they are the interpretation. 
They are the young, they are the prophecy. Or shall I say they are the interpretation of the Hebrew children who would not bend, who would not bow, who would not burn. Amen. They are the, they are the interpretation of Daniel. Amen. Who would, who would not bend or bow in his time in the kingdom. Amen. They are the men and the women down through the ages. And it's now speaking out of their life. Men and women that omnipotence is showing through. Power over sin. Power over darkness. Power over the world. This prophecy goes on. He says, I'm raising a generation of young people that will stand with my word without fear or favor of man. This is true. And thou already know this very thing because I've even told you of it. This is the hour to call a bride without spot. A generation that will see all the promises of my holy writ. Somebody ought to say amen. You have carried out this mission I've laid in your hand and the sacrifice all for this. I, the Lord, will therefore not forsake thee. I will make myself manifest and continue to do so. Speak and fear not, for I am your defense and strength, and I will make it good, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. To me, that's just as real as it was when Danny Henry spoke. Amen. There at youth camp, there Brother Andrew Spencer turned to me there and spoke a word of prophecy over me, saying, I've seen you sitting at your computer. I've seen you in your tears. I've seen you in every moment. I have blessed you when others mocked you. I have blessed you when others criticized you. But I have blessed you to build my body by the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What would he say to Brother Branham? And I want you to realize it's more to Brother Branham. When God gave a word to Brother Branham, he was giving it to you. Because thou hast chosen the narrow path, the harder way, thou hast walked of thine own choosing. Thou hast picked the correct and precise decision, and it is my way. Because of this momentous decision, a huge portion of heaven awaits thee. This in itself is that which will give and make to come to pass their tremendous victory in the love divine. I'm telling you this morning, there is a tremendous victory in the love divine in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And we will have that victory because we chose the right path. Because we went the harder way. Because we chose the narrow path. We can be compromising preachers. We can be denominational men hanging up like a puppet on a string. But God called us for a purpose and for a reason. Hallelujah. And it's a harder way. It's a harder path. And it is never easy to have to call right, right, and wrong, wrong. Amen. It's never easy. It's the narrow path. It's the harder way. Amen. But thou hast walked of thine own choosing. You see, you have to choose. You young people, you have to choose. You know, Cain had to choose to do the will of God. And he refused to do it. The choice was set before him. Don't you know if you'll do right, you'll be accepted. If you'll come the way your brother did of the lamb and repentance, you'll be accepted too. But he refused to do it. 
He knew the perfect will of God and refused to do it. And God will bring the very perfect will of God of how you're to live, how you are to conduct yourself, the kind of believer that you are to be. And you can look right at that and fail to do it. Now, but you have to choose. You say, but I was chosen before the foundation of the world. Yeah, that's predestination. But God knew what choice you would make. Amen. Now, he didn't predestinate you on the choice, on what choice you would make. He predestinated you in Christ. So it's in Christ where we are predestinated, in Christ Jesus. Right? Amen. So we have been predestinated to adoption. That's the Holy Ghost. We have been predestinated to receive of the Spirit. Amen. But you have to choose. There's still something you've got to do. You see, Moses had to choose the right path. He had to give voice. Well, I keep giving voice to Pharaoh and Pharaoh's daughter and the kingdom of Egypt. Well, I'm a young prince. I've been given voice. I dress like a prince. I look like a prince. I I conduct myself as a prince. I am representing the kingdom of Egypt. But one day he realized that voice did not fit the inner seed that was in him. Come on, there's many of you, you've tried this on and you tried that and you tried to fit in here and you tried to fit in there, but it didn't fit. And one day you made a choice and you made Jesus your choice and you gave him preeminence and that's when omnipotence started working in you. Cigarettes fell off and dope and pornography and sin and drunkenness and everything else began to fall off. Why? You gave him preeminence. You let him reign. You made him your king. Now Moses had his foot on the throne. He could enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And let me say, sin has pleasures. It's fun. You know, you look at him, the Marlboro man, out on a horse, having fun, lariat, Cigarette, cowboy hat. He's having his fun. He's a man. You don't see him sucking it through this right here, trying to give up on that marble and cursing the very thing. Because sin only has a season of pleasure. Let me tell you, the pleasure we have received, there's no season on it. no end to it. It only gets better. Hallelujah. I found this pleasure when I was a young boy. I'm here now 67 years old and I still have this pleasure. And I say it's sweeter. It's better. I see the effects. I see it in my children. I see it in my family. I see it in my church. I see it on people I influence. It's sweet. But I had to choose it. I had to choose it. Baptist school teacher pulled me aside and said, look, son, you got, you got a gift in your life. Go back to school. Get all the education you can. You'll be the next Billy Graham. That was the greatest man that she knew of. She saw that potential. She thought going to school would bring it out. It would cultivate it. It would make me 
it would make me what I would be. But I had to choose a different path. I could have chose to go that way. I could have chose to, to go and join a denomination, have the biggest church. Come on. We got men in this message that have got more talents, more abilities than any, you know, than men that are, 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 have thousands of people that are following them. What is that biggest church in Houston? What's that guy's name? Say it again. Joel Osteen. Oh, he doesn't hold a shred of the talent that lays in the ministry of this message. But they chose a harder path. A narrow way. A harder path. Amen. They didn't, they didn't go with the, with the denominational system. And that was you. You, you didn't choose the, you didn't choose the world. You, you know, you could be, you could be the, uh, Brother Darrell, you could be the deacon in the first Baptist church. The first one of Texacana. The biggest one that got. Or wherever it is, you could be the deacon here. Brother David, you could be, you could be a great brother Joe. You could have sold your gift and then went out and made multiple, multiple thousands upon thousand dollars. Turned down how many opportunities, but you chose a, a harder path. A narrow way. Amen. You walked of your own choosing. You had to decide. God would let you go. He'll let you go in the permissive will. Amen. But you chose. You chose to walk with him. That's the way it is with you. You're here this morning because you chose to be here. Amen. Brother Johnny, when you and Sister Doretha come into our, our, our convention hall there in Menden and you heard the message preached. Amen. And that truth got a hold of your life. It's not been an easy path. You didn't, you didn't go the way of your relatives and your friends and, and your, your culture or whatever. In every bit, you had to choose a harder way, the narrow path. You chose that. But as he repeated back to Brother Branham, you chose it. You didn't go the way of denomination. But it is my way. You have chosen my way. Hallelujah. You chose my will. You gave my will preeminence. Thou hast picked. Let me reassure you, Brother Johnny, Sister Doretha. You have picked the correct and precise decision. And it is my way. Hallelujah. You chose to leave the Hutterites. You left the family behind. You walked out with clothes on your back. Others of your family did the same thing, Sister Kathy. Amen. It was a hard way. It wasn't easy to leave mom, dad, and sisters, and brothers, and family, and things that was in your comfort zone. Amen. Don't get up mad at me when I try to get you out of your comfort zone. That's what the word does. It, it breaks up the fallow ground. It gets you to get you, get you uncomfortable. Amen. To move out of your comfort zone. Where you make a choice. 
you can choose. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to love him. I'm going to give him my all. Thou has picked the correct and precise decision. And it is my way. And because of this momentous decision, a huge portion of heaven awaits thee. Look at the portion of heaven that awaited Abraham. Now, not something that is marked off in the heavens up there, but the portion of heaven was the word that was given to him. What did he get? A a new, his wife renewed in health? A promised son? His own health renewed? Come on, look at what he got. He saw the resurrection before it ever took place. He saw the Redeemer, Jehovah Jireh. He saw the provided lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. What was that? A portion of heaven. But what does God have for you? What did God give Brother Branham? Because he didn't go with denomination. God gave him a greater ministry than a divine healing ministry. He gave him the ministry there to be the one to hear the voice of God to open up the seven seals. Where the lamb opened the seals and sent sent the revelation down to his angel on earth. Somebody help me preach. What was that? A huge portion of heaven. Amen. The entire book opened. I'm trying to get something to you because of your decision that you sold out the world to follow the message. A huge portion of the word is yours. Hallelujah. If there is healing, if there is miracles, if there is translation faith, if there is a resurrection, if that word is everything. Decision, a huge portion of heaven awaits you. And this choice in itself will be will give and make the time the tremendous victory in the Holy Ghost. How many wants a greater victory in the Holy Ghost? This bride is promising all the scriptures, all the word, keeping up into this generation. Amen. Let the musicians come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A huge portion of heaven. Heaven came down in your soul. Heaven has come down in your family. Heaven has come down in the church. Heaven. It's all yours. It's all yours. You made the right choice. You made the right decision. You gave him preeminence when you could have done other things. Now to receive your healing, you're going to have to give the word preeminence over what the doctor says anybody else. You're going to have to give the word preeminence. To receive the Holy Ghost, you've got to give the word preeminence over everything else. Whatever it is in the deliverance in your life, you've got to give him preeminence. You've got to say, the Lord... Omnipotent reigneth. The Lord omnipotent I want you to think of this. As we come to a close this morning, 
Brother Timothy finds something to sing and we'll even worship the Lord. Look at this. Verse 7 of chapter 19. Let us be glad and rejoice. Can't you rejoice this morning? Amen. And give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. You see, that can't happen without the woman giving him preeminence. He must be the head. His headship must be accepted. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. And she's prepared herself. She's made herself ready. And he said unto me, blessed or happy are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, every one of you that's received that have been called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then he said, these are the true sayings of God. Now, of course, I believe what he said is true sayings. But I'm talking about the shadow versus the fulfillment. The negative versus the positive. Hold my thought just for a minute. So the shadow don't show it all. My shadow of my hand will not show its fingerprints. I have to hold it just right in the light or it won't show all my fingers. The shadow don't always project what's coming perfectly. Neither did Abraham. Neither did any of them down to the ages. But I just want to say this. Those that are called to the marriage supper. You see, those were the sayings of God but right here is the true sayings do you understand what I mean not a negative not a shadow but the positive the true versus the shadow because we're no longer typing another age to come we're the fulfillment of it Hallelujah. And now the true word, what God had in his mind for a bride, the true word of God is now manifested in bride form, just like it was the true word manifested in groom form. You're the true sayings, the true word. Why? You chose the harder way. Like Abraham, you had to give the word preeminence. Oh, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. He had to give that preeminence. This is my will. Bless Ishmael. Yeah, you, just, you know, that's just good enough. He had to give that word preeminence. Sarah had to give the word preeminence. You have to give the word preeminence. That's what he wants in your life. We ought to worship him this morning. Let's sing it to him. Everybody together. Bless the Lord.